Welcome to the Weekend Sports Cars and the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. Oh boy, I think we got a kind of sort of flappy gums episode here in front of us. Graham Goodwin, <laughs> my dearest co-pilot on the show. We do have some unused questions from last week's show. We did yep. promise we'd do a deeper dive into Daytona, as I say a lot of words to start with the letter D. Um, I think we have a lot of weckety-weck stuff to talk about hypercar in particular we do there's been seemingly an hourly driver confirmation here there across (laughs) a lot of WEC, elms asian lamar series teams i mean it's for early february it's been surprisingly busy and i know you have been on the move going from daytona to the middle east to more of the Middle East, and yep. we got a, a, here's the official measurement uh, standard of the weekend sports cars. We got a heck of a bunch of stuff to talk about. Before we do that, though, let's give a little bit of love to those who give love to us. Time to say a big thank you to our show partners on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, starting with FAF Technologies, build-to-print composites manufacturing company. They're specializing in medium to large scale automotive, motorsports, and military applications. Visit faftechnologies.com. It's P F A F F technologies.com to learn more about their services and how they can benefit your business. Next, it's the Justice Brothers, makers of premium additives, lubricants, and cleaners, and servicing the automotive and motorsports industries for more than 85 years with victories in all the biggest North American motor races including the Indianapolis 500, the 24 Hours of Daytona. The Justice Brothers products are truly race-proven. Learn about their vast history and range of offerings at justicebrothers.com. If you're fond of awesome motor racing collectibles, including FAF Motorsports McLaren gear and goodies, pay a visit to torontomotorsports.com. And finally, we have a new online merchandise home for the podcast, thepruittstore.com. For all the show stickers, models, Racing memorabilia I'm trying to sell and put towards our fun to buy a house is now live and rocking. ThePruittStore.com. All right, Graham. So where do you think we should start? What should we begin talking about on this mostly you and I just running our mouths episode of the podcast? And tell folks where you well, are. Well, I mean, we, we, we have had, you know, almost back to back to back to back um, hypercar. Uh, announcements and snippets here there is where it started mp when we arrived here i'm uh, talking now from the w hotel in abu dhabi which if you're not familiar with that name it is the hotel in the middle of the asmarina circuit and as i look out the window now it is what time is that uh something like 8 p.m 8 30 p.m at night under the floodlights it is what is called yas fit what is that it is a free public session with the whole track open under the floodlights in which, and this sounds more dangerous than it actually is, cyclists go one way and runners go the other. Uh, it is something like a three and a half hour session that is free twice a week um, for anybody that cares to pre-register to come and do that. However, for the previous two nights, so in fact Monday, Tuesday night rather, um, and through the day for both those days, what we've seen is two Ferrari 499P hypercars lapping uh, in endurance and performance testing here. One factory car, the number 50 car, has been here with all six factory drivers 
sharing that car. And also the brand new for 2024, number 83, Privateer, AF Corsa car. And a shock move, all red. I know, I know, everybody's fallen off the chair. But uh, the all red hypercar that is going to be shared by Robert Schwartzman. Haven't seen Robert. They've been uh, running the car out of one of the support pit lanes. But have seen uh, here at the hotel both uh, Robert Kapitza and indeed Ife And... You know, whilst we've not been pressing them too hard, it's pretty clear. Two things. One is they're clearly extremely happy with this program. Two is there is work to do. And my observations from trackside are that's unsurprisingly the 50 has been lapping rather more quickly than the 83 car. But uh, this is only the second test for uh, that group, the 83 group, uh, ahead of Qatar in just, what, three weeks' time. So, um in a similar sort of way to all the people living around by the tech raceway looking at Seca, I'll clearly be putting a complaint in about the noise. They were running in full daylight, by the way, and then under the lights. And then surprisingly, something we didn't expect, because we're sitting out, uh, out on the terrace here, all the floodlights go out and it does go very, very dark. An hour later, out comes the car, come the cars again running in Full darkness. The only lights uh, were actually lights in the marina. Um, and boy, was that a bit special. There is a theory, MP, that those cars are running with some additional supplementary lighting um, on the, the, the nose section of the car, quite close to the center line. Um, but not able to confirm that from, from what we were seeing visually, mainly because it's blinding, literally blinding mm. as the cars come around, uh, but certainly extremely bright. And quite the uh, quite the sight. One or two of our Asian media colleagues, their first opportunity ever to see a hypercar uh, in full flight, and it's fair to say they've been very impressed. So Ferrari clearly is serious about it. Since then, we've had multiple other announcements, including from Team uh, BMW Team uh, WRT. They'd already confirmed their uh, driver squads for. Hypercar, but uh, unveiling their full program. Uh, now unveiling their squads for uh, the LMGT3 class, and there's more of that to come in the next few days. I loved the uh, Van Tours and Vanderland uh, <laughs> hypercar announcements. Yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, well, that, that, that's going to be cool. And the other cool thing is that uh, after having let us kind of soak it up for a little moment or two. The question was laid out, why are the BMWs number 20 and 15? Well, number 20, we now know officially, although we did rather guess, that that's because we will see Atlam on the 20th official art car for BMW. Um, that's, uh, that car will be one of the uh, BMW Team WRT uh, hypercars, the M-Hardware V8s, which, of course, whilst you've had them for a season over in IMSA, we it's a debut for them in WEC this season. Uh, 15, it's a guess. I don't think it was explicitly mentioned in the press release announcing the art car. The last time we had a top-class art car at Le Mans was the Jenny Holzer car that actually practiced but never raced. They protect me from what I want, uh, sloganized uh, BMW V12 L uh, LMR. So uh, art car confirmed. And then today... We've now got uh, both the colour scheme, the livery, and confirmation of the driver squads, plus a newly announced reserve driver for the Alpine endurance team. Delighted to say that Jules Gounon is the new reserve driver. He becomes 
the second driver this week to confirm dual factory programs. Uh, the first being Danny Yunkadella, who remains as a Mercedes factory driver, but also, of course, is a factory Corvette driver uh, in the FI World Endurance Championship, where, of course, there is no Mercedes competition. And similarly, uh, Jules Gounon is a Mercedes-AMG factory driver in GT and will be the reserve driver called upon if Mick Schumacher is called to take up his Mercedes-AMG F1 uh, reserve driver status. So all sorts of things yeah. in the mix here. And Gunon, by the way, will become one of those rarest of things, or a number of other, others this century, a second-generation top-class sports car racer. I think there's only been a handful of those before um, this century. Uh, so I, I hope he gets that opportunity with uh, you know with his dad having been around in the, LM, uh, the, uh, the LMP 900 and LMP1 early days. Also, uh, that- Jean-Marc. <clears throat> that Acura A424 looks amazing. So, doesn't uh, it? Yes. Yes. And the Alpine yep. ARX06 also uh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I know the, this is old one, news. It's old news, brother. Yeah, so. uh, it's been covered <laughs> off for many, 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 many months. But still, seeing the here's the official launch, here's the we're ready to go and can't wait to get to Qatar. Yep. And, all, and it's still, I struggle a little bit with. Yeah, you're using the same chassis supplier, and potentially we will have Acuras versus Alpines and vice versa. Beat over here and Imps in the future on your side and WEC and at Le Mans. Um, just bizarre to see, at least from the front of the vehicles, seemingly no differences. And I realize that there are minor differences, but so minor that in bare carbon, yeah, just bizarre, brother in a class where taking at least what we had in IMSA with the DPI concept of, hey, mm-hmm. manufacturers, play with the bodywork and do some creative styling that befits your brand in whatever way, strange to see that many years on, we end up with something where, at least for the part of the car that folks tend to associate most heavily with brand differences, that being the front of it, uh, Alpine has effectively gone ac- gone or stayed with the accurate direction just again i know it's not a new topic but just seeing the images reinforced again today it was like huh okay i don't know if i'm loving that but uh to quote our guy juan montoya <laughs> it is what it is well what well, one thing i will say about that uh, the alpine is from the rear it has what i think is one of the cleverest yeah. little styling tweaks of any of them which are these stylized alpine a rear lights which do look absolutely amazing so that's three factory hypercar teams with news this week but we've got a fourth and there'll be another announcement we're recording this on what day is it today it wednesday. is wednesday evening here um Thursday morning, we'll see confirmation of the final three-driver crew for the solo Isotta Fraschini hypercar program. And we got a somewhat out-of-place announcement today. You and I just discussing this, uh, you know, off-air. That's, uh, now, you, you can tell me the correct uh, pronunciation. I've got it as Antonio Cerevale. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. So, X, uh, Indy Next, um, a little bit of LMP3, but a surprising addition to a WC hypercar team. Now, 
you tell me what you can tell me about because uh, this is, I'd be I'll be absolutely blunt not a driver I was really aware of and that was a surprise name to see so what do we know about uh, the 21 year old Canadian good driver not great someone who did his best to latch on and make it through the top of the American Junior Open Wheel Ladder to IndyCar bit of fits and starts and stops for him um talented for sure not mm-hmm. someone who is able to spend enough time in the top level of uh, the feeder category here to fully develop themselves into a state of readiness and so would i say antonio is ready to go wheel to wheel with antonio fuoco or whomever at you know name a very fast place that is imposing um I don't know if I have that level of confidence in my heart yet, but we should also be honest in saying this is not a factory Ferrari, BMW, or Porsche Mm -hmm. opportunity. This is a small privateer-ish program, and I realize it's air quote factory, and it is, again, factory, but tiny, underfunded, highly ambitious This is where drivers at such stages of their careers tend to end up not fully developed. Whatever plans they had elsewhere didn't exactly go according to plan. You often get one slightly more experienced, saltier veteran uh, with these kinds of smaller, high ambition programs. And then you get one or two others where you do exactly like you, Graham, and said, I've never heard of him. And it wasn't said, this yeah. is offline, this wasn't said in a, in a dismissive way. No, like, not in any way. I just, I don't know. I didn't know this human being existed. So could you please tell huge, me about a, him? There's a huge, there's a huge number of people involved, particularly in single-seater racing, which is just not my bailiwick, that I've just not tracked their careers. I mean, to be blunt, bear in mind, MP, that my, I was actually talking to a colleague in the press room who's, normal hunting ground is single-seater racing. And they're trying to get their head around the fact that we're here with the Asian Le Mans series, 42 cars and somewhat something around 120 drivers. Now, there's barely one of them that I don't know some background to, but that doesn't leave an awful lot of mental capacity to cover off all sorts of other areas of uh, of motorsports. And so, no, quite, quite correctly, I'm perfectly happy to put my hands up and say, it's just not a name that's crossed my consciousness and i'm delighted to hear you tell me this young man has got that talent there is still though mp uh, some more to come the uh the release that came with servale's name uh mentioned he was the first driver to be named or confirmed well that's very interesting because the program had already named alejandro garcia and Jean-Carl Vernet, both of whom are here in Abu Dhabi, one of whom I have spoken to, and I think I'm pretty confident to say that when we hear tomorrow full three-driver lineup, it will include Jean-Carl Vernet and it won't include Alejandro Garcia. And the key to that conclusion is just a little bit of detective work online. Um only seen Alejandro uh, very briefly today and from a distance, but checking out his social media 
content, it doesn't take a genius to realize that he's removed all mention of the Asato Freschini program from that public profile. So I expect him not to be part of this. I expect John Carl Vernet to be part of this, and there will be a third driver named tomorrow. So that will um, be in your, I'm sure, in your inboxes and social media platforms at about the same time as some people will be listening to this podcast. But that's what I expect to happen. Well, that, that's four um, WC uh, hypercar teams, in addition to which we've got multiple bits and pieces of news to do with the LMGT3 class, including Heart of Racing announcing their trio. And oddly enough, our good friend and broadcasting colleague, Shay Adam, nailed it with her tweet in response to my story um, on the trio we're going to see for Heart uh, of Racing in nailing it down that what this means is that uh, so Alex Roberes will be the, the full pro in that lineup and will favour the WEC programme, which means, because there are two clashes with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship's GTD Pro class, then Ross Gunn, for Heart of Racing, will be going for that championship solo. He'll be replaced, sorry, he'll be um, supplemented uh, on the two races that uh, Alex can't make it by Mario Farnbacker. Um, But that is a fairly significant change in the level of expectation from Heart of Racing against their public position to that point. So Heart of Racing are nailed in. Um, We're going to be hearing over the next few days of uh, new names and faces to be added to both TF Sports and their Corvette um, program. Those cars will be testing in Dubai uh, on our final day in the Gulf region before we head for home briefly, before heading back here for Qatar, and also by United Autosports and their McLarens that will be testing out in Dubai at the same time. Uh, all sorts going on. <laughs> There's, uh, as we got with the IMSA series, uh, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car uh, Championship before uh, cars hit the track that that tsunami of announcements well guess what now it's the wc's turn and they are coming thick and fast so a couple things to cover off here quickly before we transition to whatever we discuss next for years now have enjoyed a very private non-publicized race and that is the race to be the last team to send out a press release from the major endurance events of the year. And I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, Graham, to wake up this morning, have a text waiting for me, and one of my friends who's in this loop, those of us who keep our eye out for who delivers what and when, among teams slash PR reps and where the stragglers fit in. So this is all in reference to the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Today, we're recording this on February 7th. The Rolex 24 completed early afternoon, January 28th. So if you counted from the checkered flag, on Sunday, the 28th forward, uh, we'll, it, we're talking about how many days in order to ten days. Write, ten days. consolidate, right? We're talking about a week and a half, right? So 
that's a lot of time because the race was over like a long time ago and you even left florida went a long ways around the world watched and called another endurance race and now you're get preparing to do that again and so two more this weekend in a gift to you 10 days and everyone else i just we just want to congratulate and say y'all are playing the long game masterfully uh our friends at Kortoff preston motorsports uh kpm we have most teams that just abbreviate their initials uh with a lovely headline of kpm sets the stage for an incredible season at daytona international speedway this being distributed disseminated and whatever aided absolutely today this being 10 days after the event regarding a fifth place finish for the number 32 mercedes amg gt3 entry and they have you missed the word you missed, you missed the word plucky out there it's a plucky fifth. plucky pl- i mean it was a scrum trelescent fifth place as well uh our good friend <clears throat> michael skeen among the uh the, the awesome drivers there uh but yes we always by we i mean a select amount of us who are kind of jerks um keep our eye out to see who filters in who straggles and it's usually graham this is just why this is noteworthy uh, sounds like you're uh, putting Legos together in the background, by the way. I hope that's going well. Oh, no, I'm just taking some beer out of the fridge. Don't, 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 don't mind me. Oh, you're celebrating. You're celebrating oh, yeah. KPM's uh, standing atop the podium here. So forget the on-track finish. We are doing some pretty important things here. Um, we just celebrate them. Knowing that, <clears throat> no, the, the, easy, the easy way to win is to show up Friday after the race with a press release this is pushing into bold new territory the halfway through approximately the following work week so yes uh we love kpm uh they are genuinely a phenomenal team do not just consider what they do on the racetrack though as being uh leading edge uh press release distribution conquering all so just want to give a little bit of uh, love and glad you're drinking a beer uh spraying go kpm pain, go kpm yeah you're uh, you're shaking that up and spraying beer right now in celebration it's, uh, which goes down really well in a dry state like the urine. oh yeah well i'm gonna call whatever the version is of the police and we'll get you fixed there um <laughs> the other thing which i should have mentioned at the onset of the show and i just need to do a better job of um delightful newer listener uh sent an email this morning and i was funnily enough thinking about this last day or two um hey we love what we do here on the weekend sports car show we've been doing this for whatever it is graham six seven years now start of year seven i believe and we have a, a really awesome listener base very active as well and i can say the same thing with my week in indycar listener q a show but the thing that i failed to do and it's strictly my fault, truly, and I'm going to fix, is let folks know, preferably towards the beginning of the episode, uh, of how to submit questions 
because oh, for a newer cool. listener who might find this, however they do, you know, waiting to be processed and, and you know, put into jail or, um, you know, uh, whatever things happen to our listeners, did occur to me that, yes, indeed, telling folks that we put out a call when we do a Q&A episode, not so much this week with a, just you and I flapping our gums, but on my X profile, Twitter, at Marshall Pruitt, and then also on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast Facebook page. We put out dual calls in those two places, and all you do well, tri- is... triple now, triple now, because we also use uh, a Discord channel, the uh, Discord channel that uh, most usually services uh, both WC and IMSA. They are uh, WC uh, Discord channel, so we actually have a little discussion thread there, which we post those two. Wow. So it's three okay. outlets now. Wow! So um, and and we we we're getting you know if we remember to put out the call in time, it's not unusual for us to get pretty close to three figures in terms of uh, questions around the wacky world of endurance sports car yeah. racing. And there's a, there's always both humor and creativity in there as well as those questioning minds that we know come with this, uh, this let's face it, the greatest form of motorsport. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> should also mention that from a timing standpoint for the week in IndyCar show, because I do know that uh, more and more folks are listening to both. Um, I tend to put out that call for question on Mondays on my Twitter slash X and the podcast Facebook page for this show, sometimes Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes not at all. So I apologize for not having a standard time for when that goes out to look for and respond to It's just a case where uh, with the week in IndyCar, since it's just me running my mouth, it's easy to do that in a standard way. Uh, with you and I traveling a lot, doesn't always make it easy for us to connect on the same exact day per week and have things super scheduled. But yeah, uh, Twitter slash X and our MP podcast Facebook page. Look for the weekly calls and respond to those. For this show, our pal Daniel Summersgill goes in uh, just like a vacuum, sucks them all up. <laughs> Hashtag phrasing. Uh, vac- yeah, hoovers them all up and assembles them and sends those questions to us. So uh, that's how you do that. And I'm going to start reminding folks that that's how to do it at the beginning of the shows in a much more compact and concise way. But yeah, a little bit of a mid to late episode act of contrition here that uh, I suck and have failed. And I keep using the word suck, and I'm going to stop doing that. Um, Where should we go next, brother? Should we dip into some of the questions left over from last week, or do you want to charge right into the GT side of Weckety Weck? I I think we should. I mean, let's put this way. There is going to be a significant opportunity to to dive deep into matters WEC. We're going to be, once we're done with the Asian Le Mans series and the doubleheader this weekend here at Gasparina, which will settle the final two automatic invitations for the 24 hours of Le Mans in June. Um, then we'll have about a week and a half before my co-pilot and I, Stephen Kilby, head out to Qatar for the uh, the prologue test ahead of the WEC. So there will be an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to have a really deep dive into exactly what we're going to see with a final entry list for uh, the FIWC. I think we're going to be at that point probably by about Monday or Tuesday of next week, we should have a final list. There's still a few gaps 
uh, to fill. And as I said, at least one change to come in something that's been pre-announced. So by that stage, we should be at that position. But I think certainly we did say last week, didn't we, we'd uh, take a bit of a deeper dive into the cache of questions that Daniel had prepared for us from our loyal listeners. So maybe we should have a quick look at that. I love it. Well, uh, looking at the good old twiskity twisk questiones. Where should we go here? I'm scrolling through. Let's have, we talked about, there we go. Um, Thomas Met says, what's more likely that Santelot wins the Asian Le Mans series and gets an auto invite with their Audi or that CGR gets a second Cadillac next year? In all seriousness, how big is the chance that CGR can expand the IMSA? It gives me the feeling they take the very cautious route for both their programs at GM and don't think about expanding their efforts too fast. Is there a reason for that approach? I think here's the key. I think, and that, by the way, came from Thomas Metz. Um, Number it's one, not them. Uh, sadly, it's not them. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Exactly, they are hired. Thomas. Yeah, they are there hired. You go. They are d- to provide the services Cadillac asks them to provide. So, yeah. very much a case of if Cadillac said Chip Ganassi Racing, we want you to field two, three, however many, on our behalf, they would. And you know how serious this is from who's driving the program. If you think about in IMSA, Thomas, the two Cadillacs that operate, you have one under the Cadillac racing banner. It is not yep. Chip Ganassi racing. It was formerly a couple of years ago, yep. but uh, that switched fully to a pure factory name. We know it's Chip Ganassi racing, but it is not billed as such. Uh, their counterparts in the paddock, Action Express Racing, they haven't been renamed. Nor would I expect them to, knowing... Uh, the the team's ownership base, uh, they would not be renaming themselves that I can think of at least in in uh, for anyone else. Could that change in the future? Again, who knows? But as for how it stands right now, between its two service providers, the uh, Ganassi side is strictly Cadillac Racing, fields as many cars as they are paid to run as desired by Cadillac. Yeah, what happened, by the way, you mentioned, Thomas, the Santelon racing effort. Number one, they, they most certainly will not be going to Le Mans with an Audi, as I'm sure you know from the, the, the tone of the question. And it may well be that they're not going to be there at the top of the, tr- of the tree either. They were dealt a pretty hefty 30 kilos um, of ballast for uh, the Dubai race. And unfortunately for them, a 10 euro bracket on the, the power steering, uh, I'm afraid, dealt them a death blow in Dubai, so they're now battling back from adversity. Uh, so it looks to me as if it's unlikely that we will at the moment see a Santelot Racing win, and therefore we don't get to hear the solution that the team has come to as to just exactly which GT3 car it will field at Le Mans, because I can tell you for certain it won't be an Audi and it won't be Mercedes-MG either. So all sorts of things up in the air but yeah it is that thing around service provision the question i guess here and it's what it's going to be an open question for some time is after the how can we put it in a reasonable and polite way we can't ass hattery from the formula one teams around the proposed andretti entering the formula one and the ultimately the potential for Cadillac to come in as a power unit supplier later whether or not that has any kind of impact on 
the plans for GM and their sports car program? The answer is we don't know. I think there is an, a, a pretty strong element here, uh, MP, of hashtag wait and see around those programs. But my view, from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing, it's balanced positive in terms of the future of GM in the top class of sports car racing. Yeah, and I was just thinking, I need to come up with some sort of personal services, advisory, some sort of role with Cadillac Racing. I need to, I haven't fully thought it through. Maybe our dear listeners can give me the ideas, but I need to come up with some sort of service that I can be contracted to do for them. And for payment, no money. I just want them to send me a five and a half liter V8 motor from the Cadillac V series.r. I want that motor because I grew up in a house full of turbocharging. My father being a British and Swedish specialist auto mechanic, Saab turbos, which debuted on what? 76, I think or so, uh, small displacement turbos, truly just been part of my life forever. I love the sound of them. Not all, but sound of a raging four cylinder V six inline six, even V eight turbo, whatever in racing. Love those sounds blows me away. Graham Goodwin. That's still in 2023 and 2024. Well, let's just go last year, the debut of hybrid GTP class. And here you go with this amazing high revving 2.4 liter twin turbo V six Acura and just stellar. Sounds like Chewbacca, which makes it even better. Uh, by the way, I found a shirt at a thrift store while leaving Daytona um, of Chewbacca. Uh, make doing his little sounds, words of wisdom from Chewbacca t-shirt. Uh, and I bought, I bought that. I'm going to give that to uh, HRC US David President Sol- David Salters when I see him <laughs> next. <laughs> but, right, and we got the BMW right with its naturally aspirated dtm v8 which it then said well hey we're gonna bolt a couple of turbos onto that Uh, that's thing sounds really interesting then of course we have porsche taking their alms era rs spider naturally aspirated v8 and uh, rotating the heads 180 degrees and twin turbocharging that it sounds great so among all these like crazy high tech you name it forced induction things what just sounds better than all of them and every other vehicle in imsa or WEC, the big old raging american five and a half liter v8 so i'm just saying like i need to come up with something to do for them where the payment is i get a someone with a forklift shows up and drops off my payment uh in a beautiful crate that that's what i need in my life graham goodwin Here's one something a bit different. It comes from Marty McDonald. Rexy and Spike and Roxy are obviously huge favourites, and it's brilliant marketing on the part of AO Racing. Couldn't agree more. Uh, more power to you, uh, Gunnar Jeanette and PJ Hyatt. Uh, hope we see some more of this, uh, but it also makes me wonder if it's the first time race cars have been designed and marketing as characters and mascots, or is this completely new? Secondly, Matty says, if Wayne Teller decided to go this route, Acura gave him full creative control, 
what ridiculous characters would the ARX 06 get turned into? I always forget the somewhat ill-fated effort. It was an Andy Blackmore livery, Mercedes-AMG, IMSA, about four years ago. Remember the one? Chupacabra, baby. That's one. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you want to tell them about the proprietor of that team? I can't remember and- the outturn of that one, but it didn't end well, did it? Um, yeah. Well, I mentioned uh, jail earlier. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's where we ended up here uh, with health yes. care scams. And ah, that was pretty much the, yes. the going to prison, not victory lane, but prison. Yeah. Yes. So paying for your racing well, through ill gotten means that is, that's this, a this, story that. sports car racing uh, knows this, well. There's this, this a relatively well established um, history of anime characters on race cars, particularly in anime's home market of Japan, of course, but we've actually also seen that uh, migrate into uh, European racing from time to time, but not that many character cars, I'd suggest. I guess the one that, that is probably most famous is for the race of a thousand years in Adelaide, and that would be the Crocodile Audi. Mm, yeah, that's always going to be awesome. That will never stop but, being uh, awesome, I feel confident in saying. But uh, it's fair to say that I think um, AO Racing have hit a rich vein of uh, of popularity with that and uh, we've got them here in asia uh, pj hyatt's by the way sets a pole position i think in only his fourth lmp2 race pole position against some pretty stiff bronze competition in dubai and we'll wait and see what uh, what uh, more we get from P, uh, pj here in yas marina uh, on saturday and sunday uh, with qualifying and the races uh, qualifying the first race on saturday and second race in the final event of the series on Sunday. Um, as for if we decided to go this route and Acura gave them full creative control, what characters will they get turned into? Tended to look towards his son and his son's alter ego for the potential for that coming forward, wouldn't you, MP? My brain has just totally shut down. Rodney. It would be um, Rodney, I'm sure. Yeah. The, the Rodney Sandstorm... Um, Acura would be one that you might reasonably expect might be a thing. and um, But beyond that, I guess this, copycat things don't tend to go down well. What you're looking for is for someone to show their own rich vein of creativity. And it's quite difficult to do that if someone's already got a smash hit on their hands, as they most certainly did with Rexy. Uh, Spike, I think, is beginning to... Um, awaken people's consciousness as well. That is the LMP2 dragon, of course. But uh, it wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw a little bit more of this across racing. And why the heck not? Uh, If it brings in new audiences, particularly kids, uh, to the sport, I think everybody, and not least PJ Hyatt, would uh, would absolutely love it. The reason those, those liveries exist is because PJ wanted to involve his children in his passion. And I applaud him. Absolutely for that. Uh, what else can you spot there, MP? I feel like we're good. I feel like we we're... are super good, brother. Okay, well, let's call it to call it to an end for this evening. Um, I'll be back in the UK, uh, hoping that both my wife and my dog recognise me after 
close to five weeks away on uh, both IMSA and Asia Le Mans Series duty and with uh, barely a week and a half before I'm back again on WC duty. I want to thank you for the questions when we remember to send them out. I want to thank you as well for your engagement on social media, which is always absolutely awesome. I want to thank you, MP, in what's been still a very busy time with all sorts of awesomeness going on, not just in the world of sports cars, but IndyCar as well. Um, and uh, we will thank, of course, our sponsors with Fast Technologies, with the Justice Brothers, and with TorontoMotorsports.com. This has been the Week in Sports Cars with me in Abu Dhabi and Marshall Pruitt back home in the United States. This is part of the Marshall Pruitt Podcast Collection, and we will be back with you, we promise, next week. <laughs>